welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. Amen. We'll turn to your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 through 40. We'll only read to verse 23 but I'll be preaching all the way through verse 40. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 23. One, two, three, read. That's it. That's it. We're going to stop there. I know y'all are eager. I love it. Nothing wrong with it, but we're going to get to it. Um, today in our a series uh, through Anchored, we'll be talking about Anchored and Enduring Faith Part 2. Somebody say Part 2. Yes, let's get it in. Father, we uh, know that uh, without faith it is impossible to please you. Um, we also know that anything that's done outside of faith is sin. So, Lord God, help us to be a people of faith. And faith demands faithfulness. Faith isn't just the ascribing to the reality of the fact that you can do something. It's also the proper response in cohorts with believing that you're able to do it. So today, Lord God, I pray that the words of my mouth and and meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' name, everybody say it. You may be seated, anchored in an enduring faith, part two. So... Um, one, one of the things that is, we, we, uh, we see that we were going through dur- during this time, during uh, uh, th- th- this, this particular chapter that is uh, hailed as the hall of faith. Last week, we saw that Abel worshiped by faith, that Enoch walked by faith, that Noah worked by faith, that Abraham went by faith. Uh, but that Sarah used her womb by faith. And so, 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 so we saw that faith is not just, is not having faith in your faith, right? Faith has to have an object. Faith is merely an extension cord to plug into God's power. And, 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 so, and so nothing, something that's unplugged has potential for usage, but it never has power on its own. So let me just let you know, you're not a self-powered entity. But you are to plug in to the object. Somebody say object. The object of your faith. And, uh, uh, and, and so, and so we, we know that Hebrews is about what? Yes, Jesus is better. Don't give up. And every chapter is dedicated to showing that Jesus is better and don't give up. And as we remember that these believers were dealing with uh, 
difficulties in their life that made some of them want to walk away from the faith. And so here we are here today. And so we, 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 we're at a day of an age now of deconstructing faith, people who are reevaluating their relationship uh, with uh, God, with the church, and with Christianity. And, 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 and they're being influenced in different ways to either walk away from the faith or distance themselves from the faith. Uh, uh, and so one of the things that we want to see by God's grace and a goal of a church is to build a solid foundation. Somebody say foundation. foundation. It's superlatively important to do that because what you build your life on is what will give structure, sustenance, depth, and richness, and comfort, and courage in every area of your life. It's interestingly enough, it's a building in New York that um, got built. And when the building was being built, they saw as they were building that the building was going to be leaning. Um, but instead of taking the loss to tear things down, and start over and rebuild, they just kept building, acting like nothing was going to happen and that nothing was wrong. But to this day, this tall building is still there, but the building is still leaning and they lost so much. In other words, they lost more for going ahead with a messed up foundation than they would if they would have cut their losses and started over again and build a healthy foundation because, listen, cracks will turn to crumbling. Your life is the same way. Your life is the same way. Some stuff in your life, you got to cut early even though you don't want to. Oh, you, okay, you, you, let, me, let me see if I can make it plain. Some of y'all want to be married so bad that you'll avoid every detour sign that the Holy Ghost throws your way. And you'll get emotionally attached because you're in love with the idea of getting married and you want the benefit of sexual release. We can say that in church. Amen. And, 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 but, 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 not on, but not only that, you want companionship. And so you ignore things that are fire alarm 911s because you want to get what you want to get. And then you want, and you're acting like your time in pushing forward is going to create a new foundation. The way you start and what you have here, if you build on top of it, you can't rebuild. So you got to be willing to let go of some people. Oh, help me today. In your life where you know that the foundation ain't right, don't be so in love with what you want that you don't get what God wants for you because many of us live by our personal preferences but aren't guided by God's biblical principles. And so here today... And talking about an enduring faith. Somebody say enduring faith. It, it, it's, it's important to understand this. I'm going to try to take my time. I got one point and one point only. If you are going to have an enduring faith, you must know this, that enduring faith makes moves based on a bigger picture. Enduring faith makes moves based on a bigger picture. I like this. Look at what it says. It says, by faith, help me, Holy Ghost, when, by, fa by faith, Abraham, when he was tested. I like that right there. It didn't say if he was tested. It says when. Let me explain something to you. 
family of God. Your life is filled with pop quizzes from God. You, you, a friend of mine, one of my best friends in the world, his wife, uh, when all of us go through something, and she said, I guess that was a pop quiz. In other words, if you ain't been to school before, a pop quiz is when the teacher been telling you to prepare, but won't tell you when the test going to come. And, 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 and all of a sudden, on a day you won't know, the sun is out and chirping is in the windows from birds coming in. But, but, but all of a sudden, she said, that the, put your books away and take out a sheet of paper and a pencil. Why, teacher? Because it's time for a pop quiz. I'm just letting you know today, you better prepare yourself in your life because God's going to say, put the book away. Take out a piece of paper and a pencil because I'm finna give you a pop. I've been telling you about these things in your life for the longest time. Now it's time for me to test you. And God doesn't test you because he hates you. He tests you because he loves you, but he wants you to have, somebody say a bigger picture. It's, it's, so, so, so this is interesting. So what, 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 what is a test? A test is to be put to the test in order, listen, to ascertain the nature of someone, including imperfections, faults, or qualities. In other words, God uses tests to expose where you are and where you're not. Not to depress you, but to build you. Listen to some verses on testing. God, 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 God says, it says in James 1, consider it great joy, brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Testing, testing. Psalm 26.2 says, test me, Lord. You ain't never prayed to have you. Ooh. Test me, Lord. Try me. That's a scary prayer. Examine my heart. Woo, I don't want you to see what's up in there, God. But he already see it. He already see it, right? Uh, uh, test my heart and my mind. The psalmist asked God to work on him. In other words, a life of faith is constantly having an invitation to God to come into my life and do what he wants. That's super simple. Super, super simple. Y'all, I'll tell y'all a story uh, before about when we first got this building. And when we first got the building, um, uh, we had to exterminate. It was, it was bats upstairs, wombats, and, you know, all kinds of uh, North Philly critters. And, um, and um, uh, uh, um, the exterminator told us, he said, I need you to open every door in this place. And we was, we was, like, we was like, why? Because I don't want to open some of these doors, right? He says, no, you want to open everything because if you don't open everything and I clean out all this other stuff, then you'll get a reinfestation if I don't do a holistic clean. We need to open up our lives to God for a holistic clean. So test me. Look, look, look at Psalm 139, 23. He says, search me, begging him. Search me, God, and know my heart. <clears throat> test me and know my concerns. See if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. That was the goal, to be led in the everlasting way. I like Psalms, uh, uh, I mean, Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. This is the one we, 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 you know, a lot of people don't quote this one. The heart is more deceitful than anything else. Don't stop telling God, God know my heart. 
you know what we mean by that? He does know your heart. That's why, you know, he's working on us, right? Most of us say God know our heart when we want to act like we're fundamentally good and we want to do what we want and walk over God's truth. So he'll say, I'm doing something stupid, but God knows I really am better than the stupidness that I'm doing, even though I'm doing the stupidness, so he knows my heart. He knows your heart not by what you say, but by what you do. <laughs> and, and, and so it says, incurable. Who can understand it? Look at verse 10. I, the Lord, examine the mind. I test the heart to give to each according to his way. It's interesting. I, I like watching these shows where um, you see how something's made. One of my favorite things to watch are, are those factories. Now, I'm going to just tell you right now, those, whoever, the man or woman who makes factory machines is genius. I don't know if you ever watched just the intricacies of the manufacturing of creating something with a machine. But this one machine was wild to me because this particular machine was interesting because when, 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 the, when the, item, the food item got to the end of the assembly line where it was about to get packaged, there was, the AI would, would be able to see if there's a flaw in it. And if it was a flaw, it send some wind to blow it off. In order, why, why is it blowing off the things that are imperfect? Because they want a good product to be presented. And so the manufacturer wants to make that the best, make sure that the best product possible can be given so that that brand can be absolutely known for the freshness and the quality of its products. Well, God will take you through some stuff where he's going to put you on his assembly line of life in testing. And some stuff in your life is going to grow across the assembly line before it gets bagged up and presented. The Holy Ghost wants to blow some stuff off your life to get it out the way because he wants you packaged rightly because you are his brand ambassador. And because you are his brand ambassador with the ultimate uh, uh, endorsement deal, he wants you to show off his glory in every area of your life. But as he does it, he wants to be removing things that affects the freshness, the goodness of the product that he's placed in you because he wants you to be the best that you can be for his glory and for others. Listen, testing is a part of the big story of church, of, of, of every Christian and believers. Listen, God tested Shadrach. Meshach and a bad Negro for their loyalty, right? What y'all laughing at? <laughs> Job with trials of loss. Daniel in the lion's den. That took faith. Do, do y'all understand that? He lowered him into lions. Sometimes I don't think we read the Bible. Like, can you imagine having faith that God's going to keep you? And see, even though God shut the lion's mouth, I still be paranoid down there. They might have yawned or something. I thought they was coming to get me. I just would have been, you know, but he sat there and then he talking all nice. And, and the king comes, oh, Daniel, oh, Daniel, one of the Lord. How are you doing? He said, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. It's amazing. The fact that that takes faith to be around some lions all night. I don't, Anyway, we don't, we just kind of pass. David with courage, a trial of courage. Hannah with a trial of an open womb. Uh, the widow at Zarephath with a trial of provision. Elijah with a trial of the endurance. So, so, so every, every trial that you go through has an identifying piece of what God wants to develop in you. Some of you, God is going to use the trial to, to nurture courage in you. He wants you to be more courageous. Some of you, he, he, the trial you're in is a provision trial where he wants you to have more faith that he can provide stuff. 
You, you understand what I'm saying? In, 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 other, in, other, in, other, in other words, you, 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 you and your life are, are, are going to go through constant tests. There's going to be pop quizzes, regular quizzes, tests, midterms, and final examinations in your life constantly. And the question on the floor is, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Because God wants us to be able to have a massive heart for the bigger picture. It's verse 18. It says, the one to whom it had been said, your offspring will be traced through Isaac. I like this. This generational faith, right? He considered God to be able. Now, I, I, listen to this, right? We'll see this in a second. He said he considered God to be able to even raise someone from the dead. Therefore, he received him back figuratively. Now, hold on. Now, now see, again, we read the Bible based on our span of knowledge. Abraham didn't have no scriptures, only a few years of experience with God, only a few years of experience. And, and God, he had already messed up. When God made a promise, he tried to bring the promise to pass on his own strength, him and his wife. But God forgave him and still made the promise happen. Oh, that, that, first off, you missed your shouting moment. God didn't let the mistake that he made, the sin that he committed, stop him from being qualified to be used for God because God requalifies the broken. Oh, anyway, that, that was for free. That, that was for free. So, 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 so God does that. But then he said, a year from now, you, you're going to have a baby. He has the baby. He's excited. They've never had this baby. So he falls deeply in love with his son because this is his only son. And then one day God says, I want you to sacrifice your son. God always calls you to sacrifice what you're attached to. And sometimes it's a good thing. Anyway, but this Abraham starts processing in his mind. I'm pretty sure he was frustrated. I'm pretty sure he was hurt. But one of the things that he did in the test, listen to here. This is deep. Abraham, when God anointed a hard thing for him, he didn't think ill of God. Think about that. He tried to think redeemable about God, and he says, God made me a promise. He, gave, he said, through this offspring, without a Bible, without any history, without any lexicons or Bible dictionaries, just based on the little bit of experience that he had with God, he says, I, you know what? I, I noticed God created the universe. He's probably going to raise my son from the dead. In other, in, other, in, other, in other words, even in the midst of the difficulty of what he's going through, he's still willing to believe God for something hard. Listen, God is going to send hard stuff your way and put you in a position to be a person who utilizes your faith to move unmovable things. You, 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 it's going to happen. There are some unmovable things in your life that God put there that he wants to move, but he's waiting for you to believe him for the thing to be removed. Because some of us have allowed ourselves, we, we, we've lost the allness of the bigness of God, that he's a massive God, that he's a healing God, that he's a providing God, and that he's the living God. I wish I had about two or three people under the sound of my voice that have had some obstacles in their bypass that came past their way. 
But God somehow in his goodness and his grace, you said, though they slay me, yet will I trust them. And you kept on believing in God. And you kept on trusting God. And God did it. He didn't have to, but he did. He didn't have to, but he did. My father in the ministry tells a story. He was at Promise Keepers. Promise Keepers was a men's event. 80,000 men would be there in the open stadiums. And um, all the, pre the big preachers was there, the bishops, the doctors, and everybody, all the big, you know, suits on, ready to go. And a storm was coming towards the stadium, and it wasn't like gray skies, it was black skies. So they knew there was going to be a terrible storm, and so they said, well, I guess we'll just pack up and we'll postpone the event. All these big preachers in there, and this little four-and-a-half-foot-tall woman said, I thought Pete preachers prayed. And all the preachers looking at her like, shut up, you know. But she said, she said, she said, won't we pray that it won't rain? And they're like, it's, it, like, it's almost here. Like, but go ahead and pray. So she prayed. She said, she said, unlike them, God, I believe you. God, right now, in this place are 80,000 men who need a word from you. And they're looking for your voice and looking for your glory to shine in this place. Now, approaching this stadium, she holds up her hand and said, there is a storm coming over this place. But in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this storm and I command that this storm would not cause anything to happen, one drop of rain to drop on this place. I command you to split this stadium and stop where you are in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And the preachers was looking around and then the, the storm, this is a true story. It's a known story. The storm got to the stadium and went around the stadium. You ain't going to hear me. And it went around the stadium, but this is how God showed off. It not only went around the stadium, it regathered and started raining on the other side. But on this side of the stadium, where the tabernacle was, where the prayer was, where the faith was, the storm had to go around the spot because somebody was woman enough to pray. Somebody was woman of God enough to call on the name of the Lord. Faith is a risk worth taking. And so we got to know that God is able, y'all. We're not the child. I, was on, I, was, I, 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 so I put a clip up last week. And this guy come into place. This sure sounds like the prosperity gospel. You sound like one of those televangelists. And I'm like, I'm like, like, I said, you know, I don't usually respond to comments. But I, but I, I felt Holy Ghost led to anoint the brethren. I said the problem with conservative fundamentalists is you, 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 you are afraid of believing God for anything beyond salvation. But my God doesn't just save. He does stuff after I get saved. He heals after I get saved. He gives peace after I get saved. Huh? He gives comfort after I get saved. He provides for me after I get saved. Salvation 
Is it the only thing you're supposed to be believing God for? You're supposed to believe God for deliverance. You're supposed to believe him for provision. You're supposed to believe him for healing. You're supposed to believe him for freedom. If I had about 33 people under the sound of my voice that would lift up. Believe him for something. Oh, you can take a moment and shabak his name. You can take a moment and open up your mouth and give him the fruit of your lips. You can take a moment and say, God, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. Help me today, God. If he did it for them, he can do it for me. If he did it before, he can do it again. Yeah, yeah. Woo. Bless your holy name, God. Stretch your hand across this room right now, God. Upon your people. Heal people that need healing. Deliver people that need deliverance. Break yokes of bondage where bondage is needed. Prov provide for people that are on their last leg or in death. Bring healing to depression and sickness and disease. Do your work, God. Restore your people to faith. Again, God, oh, God, we trust you. I'm going to finish preaching, but I had to have a moment of faith. We had to have a moment of faith. We, I want you to get your faith back. I want you to get your trust back. I want you to get your confidence in God back today. He's going to give it back to you. He's going to give it back to you. He's going to take back, take back what the enemy stole from you, and he's going to remove God, do only what you can do in this place. Help us today, God. Restore on your people the spirit of faith. Bring revival in the realest sense that there would be a deep seriousness about you, God, among your people as you break yokes and bondages. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's keep going. I'm almost, I'll be done. I'll be done. Y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. Ain't he good? And it says deeper here. It said Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. And then it says Jacob blessed Joseph's sons. I like this. Because when he blessed his sons, it said he leaned over his staff and worshiped. I, 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 see, see, we don't forgot. We lost the art of how to get stuff from God. Oh, y'all ain't talking back to me. We, we, it's a lot getting stuff. It's a lost art. This is this is what 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 he did. While he was laying on his bed, he leaned on his staff to get himself in a position to pray, but then worship. Now, many of us might pray, but many of us don't worship. Why do you pray and then you worship? Because the Bible says, be anxious 
for nothing. But everything by prayer and supplication, uh-oh, prepositional phrase, with thanksgiving. Oh, <laughs> ain't nothing worse than frying some fish with no seasoning. A good piece of fried fish, crispy and juicy, needs some herbs and spices on it. <laughs> your prayer is the fish, but your thanksgiving and worship <laughs> is the seasoning. Y'all need to know how to get in your bag of seasonings. And when you call out to God with the voice of triumph, you ought to pull out the seasoning and say, thank you, Jesus, that it's already done. Lord, we glorify you because I'm living in the future of what you're going to do. God, I know you're going to do it. It's done in Jesus' name. God, I thank you. God, I bless you. God, I glorify you. God, I lift you up. It is Remember, faith, faith is acting like God is telling the truth. That's all faith is. Faith is saying, I know what you said to me in your word, God. And I am not going to be shaken by what's going on right now. I'm going to adjust. I'm going to use praise and worship to adjust my atmosphere so that even though my situation hasn't changed yet, I'm going to get my attitude as if it's already done. Oh, God. Y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. We almost done. What I like about this, what I like about this, what I like is he says, Joseph gave instructions concerning his bones. You know what I like about this? And this is for free. We need generations of faith. You see Abraham praying for his son. You see Isaac praying for his sons. And you see Jacob. Now, Jacob was a trickster. But somewhere in his life, he had an encounter with God. Let me tell you something. No matter how tricky and messy you are, an encounter with God, shorty, will tear your life up. And for the rest of his life, after he wrestled with God, he was young, but he, he, walked, he walked like Paul Paul, even though he was only 30 years old. Why? Because God gave him a monument of the fact that we met one day. And every time he limped, he walked with a limp. A limp was a sign that he'd hugged God for a little while. And let me tell you something. And then he said he prayed for his son. In other words, why is this important? Because of, look at our city. We need family. Faith family. That girl just shot that uh, scepter bus driver the other day in Germantown like she was getting a cheesesteak. Let me tell you something. Don't underestimate your place in family. Not just as parents, but as aunties and cousins. You're in the family too. And you, can, you, you don't know, you speaking a word. Stop being scared to tell God's truth to your family members. And don't, don't, stop being scared. Say, even if they don't want to hear the gospel, they'll accept prayer. I just want to pray for you. And I don't know what God does through it, but I'm just trying to tell you, this is for free. You need to begin praying over people in your family and being a, a, a light because the family is the foundation for, listen, most people are in counseling because of family. This is, so we need more faith in families. Oh, I'm, 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 I got to move. 
I, I got to move. And so we see here beautifully. It says in verse 21, it says, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, he blessed, he worshiped. We saw that. But then you go down further, and it says in verse 28, I like this. It says, by faith, he, that is Moses, instituted the Passover. I'm almost done. And the sprinkling of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch the Israelites. But this is the one I really like. By faith, they crossed the Red Sea. Through, although they were on dry land, when the Egyptians attempted to do this, they were drowned. Why were the Egyptians drowned? Because the text says that only people who had faith could go through troubling waters. But if you don't have faith, you'll get drowned by the troubling waters. But the question is, how did the water split? Now, just before that, Abraham looked back and saw Pharaoh's army. And the people were complaining to them, why did you bring us out here to die? We'd rather be in Egypt. And then he started crying out to, me, to God. And then he told them, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Then he cried out to God. God said, stop crying out to me. Take the stick. And hold it up. And the waters will part. Now, you got to understand. God told him to hold a dead stick up. And as long as the dead stick was held high, that which couldn't be crossed could now be crossed. All because he held up a piece of wood. Well, on a dark Friday, 2,000 years ago, a piece of wood was carried up Golgotha's hill. And he carried it up Golgotha's hill. But then it was held up and put in the ground. Because Jesus said, if I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. They hung him high and they stretched him wide. And they held his head into the locks of his shoulders. And he died. And it was quiet on Friday. It was quiet on Saturday. But early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. I wish I had some people that will hold up the cross. Will you hold up the stick? Hold it up for your healing. Hold it up for your provision. Hold it up for your division. Hold it up for your deliverance. Hold it up for your families. Hold it up for your children. Hold it up for your spouse. Hold it up for your morality. Hold it up. God wants to give you a bigger picture. That's what he wants to do. This child, I'm done. This child, you know, that their kids don't go outside no more. They just play video games and da-da-da-da-da. But his parents wanted to be countercultural. They gave their son a science kit. All his other friends got game systems. He was hot. He said, what am I going to do with a science kit? This kid's like, ah, you got a science kit. <laughs> I'm playing games. He's mad. You know how kids are just brutal. Um, <clears throat> kids don't care nothing about your feelings. And he was mad, but he said, since they gave it to me, I'm going to start working with it. He started actually liking the science kit and started getting very, very good 
at working with science, and his parents added to it over the years. He got awards and all different types of things. He grew up and was able to be a great inventor of things. And he didn't realize that his parents was giving him something to work with that he didn't appreciate. But when he took the time to nurture it, he was able to impact a lot of people. God has given you your faith. Take your faith seriously, friend. Family of God, take your faith and nurture your faith. Listen, you are either in a season, coming out of a season test, or you're going in. I want you to be alert. This time, don't complain. Say, God, not why am I going through this? God, what are you trying to do in me? What are you trying to do through me? And matter of fact, say, God, search me. Search me, God. Do all the, get it all out. Get every bit of mess out. Dr. Pimple Popper, I, I like watching her. And she be popping them pimples and stuff. And she'll, and on, and on, and on, uh, and on uh, uh, TikTok, she'll evaluate people getting pimples removed. And they'll squeeze and do all of this work to get the pimple out. But there's a sack that holds the stuff. And if you don't pull the sack out, the stuff will go back in it. Tell God, God, go in here and pull the sack out. Pull every bit out, because I don't want this mess to come back here ever again. In Jesus' name, every head bow and every eye close. Every head bow and every eye close. Maybe you're here today, and you have encountered the son of the living God. He's here today, and he is wide open with his arms, waiting for you. He wants you to put your confidence in him by faith. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully, the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual emphasis.